Welcome to the Harmony Christian Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's message from Pastor Josh Shoemaker. Last two weeks, we've been on a series on praise. Um, the first week, I shared with you a dream that I had had back in 2001. Uh, I, see, I do that every time. 2021. Uh, 2021. And uh, I shared with you a dream uh, that I had in 2021. And uh, after that, that Sunday, uh, Miss Donna went home and uh, was inspired by the Lord. And she had wrote a poem that beautifully captures the dream that I had had. And so instead of recounting the dream to you, I want to read you the poem again. It's called Voice of Praise. It says, rustling winds awake me from a dream of great heaviness. Encircled by stained glass, darkness fills the room and settles into the hearts of all who enter. Struggling to escape its presence, we raise windows to release the shadow, which only intensifies with the night air. Swiftly, we close the panes to halt its growth. Still, darkness lingers, reaching its gnarly fingers to grasp hearts and engender fear. As I kneel, hands clasped in prayer, seeking, pleading, crying for the presence of the one and only, a joyful, peaceful old man touches my shoulder, proclaiming the garment of praise fixes the spirit of heaviness. Slowly, a single voice begins to sing praise. Others join one by one until stained glass shakes from the sound of heavenly voices stepping into praise for a holy, mighty, exalted Savior and King. And darkness secedes, and heaviness becomes light, and light shines through in a world desperate for illumination. Isn't that beautiful? I believe that the garment of praise fixes the spirit of heaviness. Like I said, we've been talking the past couple of weeks about what praise is, what it looks like. And here's kind of a little definition that I had written down. True biblical praise is an outward manifestation, not an emotional response, but an intentional. That word intentional is incredibly important. It's an intentional outward expression of adoration and thanksgiving. We are not led by our emotions in praise. We are led by his worthiness. We praise not always because we feel like it. We praise because he is good and he is worthy of our praise. Amen. Isaiah 61 verse 3 has been our go-to verse for this series. I'm going to read that through real quick, starting in verse 1. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison for those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, 
the planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen? Praise is important because the Bible does not say that he gives us a garment of prayer for the spirit of heaviness. It doesn't say he gives us the garment of community for the spirit of heaviness or the garment of preaching or Sunday mornings for the spirit of heaviness. It says that he gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, meaning the key to overcome heaviness is to unleash the praise that is on the inside of you. Praise is an important part of our Christian lives. Amen. You all here this morning? Amen. All right. These past few weeks, we have focused on the word praise. But today I want to talk a little bit about the garment. Isaiah 61 doesn't just say that he gives us praise for the spirit of heaviness. It says he gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, right? So this word garment, this metaphor that is given to us, uh, is important for us to be able to understand the full revelation of what Isaiah 61 verse 3 is trying to tell us. So let's look at this word garment here. And you know i got to bust out some Hebrew, all right? So the Hebrew word for garment is the word Mahate, mahate, and it means a wrap or a mantle, okay? So it's something that is put on. It's something that is wrapped around. It is something that you are mantled with. When studying scripture, you learn that clothing is incredibly important to the culture, all right? You learn that clothing is incredibly important to the culture. Let me give you some examples. Here in the Old Testament, Everyone knows the story of Joseph. Joseph is given a coat of what? Many colors. The coat of many colors given to him by his father Jacob is to signify the favor, the favor and honor that Jacob has for his son Joseph. Okay? So it, it wasn't just a nice Christmas present that Jacob was giving Joseph no, it was a statement that Jacob favored Joseph. That's why his brothers were so upset, right? Because Jacob is calling out his brother. He's showing with this garment that he has favor and honor for his son, Joseph. Another example you see with uh, Jonathan and David. Jonathan is King Saul's oldest son. And after David defeats Goliath, Jonathan and David have a conversation. And the Bible tells us that their souls were knit together. That Jonathan loved David. To show his love for David, to show his commitment to honor David, what does Jonathan do? He takes off his armor and gives it to David. He takes off his robe and gives it to David. He gives David his famous bow and his sword. He gives him all of these garments, these pieces of clothing. And, and why that's also important is that these aren't just normal pieces of clothing. These are royal pieces of clothing. Jonathan is the king's oldest son. It's not an ordinary robe. It's not an ordinary battle uniform. It's not an ordinary sword or bow. It's royal. It's, all of it is, is, is bathed in royalty. So to make a covenant with David, he gives him his royal garments as a sign of his covenant with David. 
clothing is important. Another example we see is in the story of Esther. Esther's uncle Mordecai warns the king that there's some assassins that were trying to kill him. And because of the warning, the king was saved from the assassins. Mordecai wants to, I'm sorry, the king wants to honor Mordecai. And so he brings in, I won't go into the whole story. If you know the story, it's funny. He brings in, uh, um, start, Hamish? Haman, Haman. He brings in Haman, who hates Mordecai, right? He brings in Haman and says, what should I do to honor the, the man that the king has favor on? And, and Haman says, what does he tell him? He says, put, go into your wardrobe, right? Find a royal robe and put it on Mordecai's shoulders. And then it says, grab one of your crowns and put it upon his head. And then parade him through the city, declaring that this is the man whom the king honors and shows favor. In order to show the honor, he was clothed with a garment. Garments are important to the culture of the Bible. In the New Testament, there's a story of a man named Blind Bartimaeus. And it says that Bartimaeus was on the side of the road begging. And that Bartimaeus has been blind for a long time. And he's on the side of the road begging. He hears Jesus coming down the road. As he hears Jesus, he begins to cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus eventually hears him and tells Bartimaeus to come to him. And the Bible is very clear on what, what Bartimaeus does. It says this. It says that Bartimaeus cast aside his garment. Now, why would the Bible put in this little detail? Why does it matter that Bartimaeus cast aside his garment? It matters because Bartimaeus would have been wearing a beggar's garment. There was a specific garment that a beggar would wear, and this, he would wear this garment. And the Bible says that when Jesus called him, he cast aside his beggar's garment and then comes to Jesus. Clothing means something in the Bible. You see it all throughout Scripture. Again, priests have specific garments that they wear. Beggars have specific garments. Lepers have specific garments. Romans have, wear specific clothes. Jews wear specific clothes. Kings, soldiers, all of the above. Everyone uh, you, you see throughout Scripture, garments signify something. What do they signify? Identity. Garments are more than just the clothing that they wore. They signified who they were. Garments tell who you are. It's not just their culture that we find this in, is it? Clothing helped define their culture, but it doesn't just define their culture. Clothing defines our culture as well. Let me give you an example. I need three volunteers. I need Brian to come up. I need Andrew. And who else? Everyone's not making eye contact. That's good. That's good. One more person. Um, let's see. Let's have, a, let's have a young lady come up. Uh, Brooke, come on up this morning. All right. Yeah, come on up on the stage here this morning. I want to prove this to you, how garments matter. Let me grab some materials here. All right. Here we go. All right. Andrew, I'm going to need you to wear this, please. Thank you. 
I picked you for a purpose. Would you put that on for me this morning? And uh, thank you, thank you, Brian. Come on, would you, would you wear that for me? The way? <laughs> What's the problem? What's the problem? <laughs> hey, it's for the Lord, Brian. Come on. <laughs> There we go. And all the IU fans in the room, let's hear it for them. There we go. Yeah. And all the Purdue fans, what do you have to say? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, all right. So we have three different, three different uh, articles of clothing here in the room this morning. We have an IU man right here. Have a doctor's coat with us, right? And then we have this wonderful hat. Um, Fiesta hat. He's the party man, we'll say. Okay, let me ask you a question. <laughs> we need to put some dip up there. That's a good idea. Some chips and dip. All right. Let me ask you a question. If you're walking down the road, you don't know these people, okay? You're walking down the road and you trip and you break your leg. For some of you, that's a very real possibility, right? You trip and you break a leg and you see these three coming down the road. Which one of these three are you going to ask for help? Right. You don't know her, but just by what she's wearing, right? You have identified her. Brooke, do you have any medical knowledge whatsoever? Kind of. Okay, good. So you would ask Brooke. All right, that's good. Brian, do you have any medical knowledge whatsoever? All right, cool. So we picked out the right clothes for the right people then. But just by what the garment she is wearing, right, you know who to go to. If you want to know how bad Maryland beat IU last night, who would you stop and ask? Right? Because he has been identified, right, as the biggest IU fan in the room. <laughs> but just by what is on his body, just by his clothing, you have identified him as a sports fan. If you didn't know him, you could identify him by his piece of clothing. Now, if you were hungry for a taco, right? <laughs> you need some chips and salsa, okay? And you want to know where the best Mexican joint to go get some food is. Who are you going to ask if you run into one of these three people? Andrew, for sure. Absolutely. Clothing is important, not just in the Old Testament culture, but it's still important in our culture. What you wear identifies who you are. All right, you can, you can uh, go ahead. That's fine. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'm going to go take a shower. So thank you. Thank you. Let's hear, let's hear a hand clap for him. All right. Thank you. All right. I'm going to wear this the rest of the service now. Clothing still is important in our culture. What you wear tells the world who you are. When you wear praise, praise is a garment, okay? You put on praise. When you wear praise, what you are doing is giving a testimony and telling the entire world of the faithfulness of God in your life. 
it identifies you as someone whom the Lord has transformed. Praise identifies who you are. Amen? It's a garment of praise. When you wear praise, it's your testimony to the world that God has been faithful and good to you. Amen? Let's, I want to show you this here in the scriptures in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 is the story of when Peter and John went up together to the temple f- for prayer. And on their way to the temple, they, they cross a man who has been lame, the Bible says, from his, mother's, from his mother's, or from birth. And as, they're cross, as they cross paths with the, this man, he reaches out to them and asks them for alms. And Peter says, one of the most famous verses in scripture, he says, uh, um, al- <laughs> oh, it's so famous. You wouldn't even believe it. Everyone knows it. Silver and gold have I not. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And you know what happened? The man who was lame from his mother's womb got up to his feet. And the Bible says this. Let me just read it to you right here. Because the Bible says it better than I obviously can. It says, uh, it says this. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received their strength. And then here it is in verse 8. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. And here it is, walking, leaping, and praising God. Walking, leaping, and praising God. His response to the faithfulness of God was he put on the garment of praise. And look at what happens in verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. This is why it's important for us to understand that praise is an outward expression, okay? Because when you put on a garment, it's something that everyone sees that identifies who you are, right? The whole crowd saw this man come into the temple walking, which was amazing because just a few minutes before, he was unable to do that. But not just walking, he was leaping and praising God. And the, the whole temple saw how he came in, and look at what it says. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This man who was lame from birth gets healed, puts on the garment of praise. And that garment of praise, when everyone in the room sees the praise that he is wearing, it was a testimony to them of the faithfulness of God in his life. They saw him praising. And the Bible says they were amazed and in wonder as they saw this man who put on praise and shared with the world his testimony of the faithfulness of God. Praise is a garment, and garments identify who you are. Garments identify who you are to the world, but it doesn't just tell the world who you are. 
garments also affect the way you operate in the world. Let me explain what I mean. There was a study that was done uh, from a, a school called Kellogg School of Medicine. Not Kellogg like the cereal. I don't think they make cereal. Kellogg, the School of Medicine. They're much more serious. But this study was done in 2012. And the study was on what researchers call enclosed cognition. This term defines the systematic influence clothes have on the wearer's psychological process. So in the experiment, researchers took a group of people and they broke them up into a few different groups. In one group, they had them just wear their normal, ordinary street clothes. Nothing special, just what they normally had on. Another group, they gave a lab coat like this one. Just a plain, ordinary white lab coat and didn't tell them anything about it, just gave them the lab coat and that was all. Another group they gave the same exact lab coat to, except this time they told them that this is a doctor's lab coat, okay? This is a doctor's lab coat. And then another group they gave the same exact white lab coat, but they didn't tell them it was a doctor's lab coat. Instead, they told them that it was a painter's coat. Okay, so you have a group that has no coat at all, a group that has a coat with no context whatsoever, another group that has a coat and was told that it was a doctor's coat, and another group that has the same coat but was told that it was a painter's coat. So they divide up all of these groups and they did some different tests on, on all of these people. I'm not sure exactly how they tested them, but they gave every one of them, every group, the same exact test. And what they found was that those who had the white lab coat and were told that it was a doctor's coat performed better than the other groups. That their attention to detail and their focus was, was magnified at a significant level compared to the other groups, okay? Three of the groups had the same exact lab coat, two of them were told something different, and one of them didn't have it at all, right? But the experiment showed that those who believed they had a doctor's lab coat performed better in focus and attention. The researchers believe that the reason why is because people associate doctors with attention to detail and high intelligence, right? So when they put the coat on, there was something that happened, not just to those who saw them, but also internally in themselves. When they wore what they believed was a doctor's lab coat. Now, they believe in the study there was two independent factors that caused this experiment to have this outcome, to cause those who believed it was a doctor's lab coat to have greater attention and focus, okay? There's two independent reasons. One of those reasons is they believe how they perceived the coat made a difference, right? So again, they believed it was a doctor's coat um, while others believed it was just the painter's coat. How they perceived the coat made a difference. 
How does that translate over into what we're talking about this morning? How you perceive the garment of praise matters. Just having the garment, right, is not enough. How you perceive the garment of praise matters. In this study, they were the same coat, but believed different things about the coat. And because they had different beliefs about the coat, they had two different outcomes. That's why two people can come into a service um, and come into a service and experience the same songs of worship. They can experience the same atmosphere, right? They can experience the same service and walk away with two very different experiences because they perceived what was happening in the service two different ways. They perceived praise two different ways. If you want the garment of praise to have the effect of lifting heaviness, you have to see the garment of praise as an opportunity to give him your all and not as an inconvenience. Just having the garment in the room wasn't enough. They had to perceive it right. I know sometimes praise, this subject can be difficult for some people, especially when you start talking about praise being an outward expression. It's a whole lot easier to think of praise as something as, as, as you do internally, and it doesn't have to be an external thing. And I understand that because, believe me, I go through the exact same thing. I go through the exact same. To, to praise the Lord freely, outwardly, you immediately start thinking, what's the next person going to think of me? What's the person beside me going to think? Am I going to lose some dignity, right? Am I going to look silly, right? Dancing or jumping or shouting or doing any of those things. But that's where we have to begin viewing praise rightly. Instead of believing or looking at it as how is this going to affect me, it's how can I give God the best praise that I have? How, instead of how is this going to make me look or what's this going to do to my reputation, you instead begin thinking, I want to bring him my very best because he is worthy. I wrote this down because I wrote it down for myself before I wrote it down for any of you. How do you see the garment of praise? Does it make you uncomfortable? Good. If it makes you uncomfortable, it just makes it that much more beautiful of an offering. Because now it's not just lifting your hands, it's laying down your pride as well. Declaring with hands held high and self low that he must increase and I must decrease. How do you view the garment of praise? Is it an inconvenience? Does it make you uncomfortable? Or is it an opportunity to humble myself 
and declare that he is good and worthy. And because he is good and worthy, I will give him my praise. How you perceive the garment will determine your response and your, the effect of the garment to you. Let me show you this in 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 6, starting in verse 14. We've referenced this verse several times, but we haven't read it yet. But it's the story of when the Ark of the Covenant is coming into the city. And David the king is dancing wildly. He's halilling, right? Our, our Hebrew word for praise, dancing like a madman. He's praising God in the streets in front of the ark as the ark is coming into the city. The ark, if you don't know, in the Old Testament represents the manifest presence of God. And David is dancing before the ark as the ark is coming into his city, his kingdom. And look at what it says in verse 14. It says, then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod, a garment, okay? That linen ephod is a royal garment. And he's dancing like a madman before the Lord in his garment. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of, of the trumpet. They're praising. But look at verse 16. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David... Michael, which is, is actually David's wife, Saul's daughter. Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Skip down to verse 20. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maid of his uh, and the eyes of the maids of his servants, as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. As one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michael, It was before the Lord. I love this. Look at how David and Michael perceive praise differently. She sees it as a disgrace and a dishonor to the, to the position of a king. But look how David sees it. It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all of his household to appoint me ruler over the people of the over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord, and I will be even more undignified than this, and will be humble in my own sight. There it is, laying down his pride, laying down his position. He humbles himself before the Lord. And why does he do it? Because it was before the Lord who chose him. It was the Lord who chose him. So I will be humble in my own sight, but as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Look at the difference of how they perceived the garment of praise. One saw it as a dishonor to the position of, of a king. The other saw as an opportunity to lay down his position 
in honor of a greater king. What would have happened if instead of criticizing David, Michael would have joined in? How would her life have looked differently? It says at the end of the, at the, end of the verse here that the rest of her days, she had no children to the day of her death. Now, I want to clarify something. I am not saying this morning that unless you lift your hands and dance in the aisles, something bad is going to happen to you. That's not how God works. And I know that's not how God works because that's not how Jesus worked. And Jesus is the express image of the Father. But what I am saying this morning is what are you missing? because you are unwilling to lay down your pride and see the garment of praise as an opportunity to humble yourself before the Lord and to honor his name, that I must decrease and he must increase. Amen? So there were two independent factors that caused those in the experiment with the lab coat to have greater attention and focus. One was how they perceived the garment. The other one, the other factor that had play was this. The other was that they had the physical experience of wearing the coat. This is where it gets fun, ladies and gentlemen, okay? One was how they perceived the garment. The other was the physical experience of wearing the coat. What they found was that it was not just enough for them to have the coat and see the coat in the room, okay? It wasn't enough for them to know this was a lab coat. In order for it to have an effect, they had to wear the coat. The coat had to be put on their body, okay? So not just seeing the coat, but wearing the coat. I don't know how many times as a teenager, I was asked by adults in my life, where's your coat in winter, right? Any other rebels in the room that don't like wearing coats, at least as teenagers? As an adult, I've come to very much appreciate my coat, right? But as a teenager, right, I didn't like the inconvenience of having to tote around a coat everywhere. So a lot of times I just wouldn't wear a coat, all right? Usually it was somewhere around, right? It was in my car or it was in another room somewhere, but rarely did I actually wear the coat. Okay? And so there was adults in my life that would ask, hey, where's your coat? Right? And then what's, what's the next statement that would come out of their mouth? If you don't put it on, you're going to freeze to death and catch a cold, right? Which is absolutely true. I, I spent most of my teenage years cold because I refused to wear the coat. It wasn't enough for me just to have the coat, right? In order for the coat to have an effect you have to actually put the coat on your body. It was the same for in winter with my coat. It was the same in the experiment for the lab coat. For it to have an effect, they had to actually have it on their body. And it's the same for the garment of praise. In order for it to have an effect, you have to put on the coat. It's not enough for the coat to just be in the room. It's not enough for other people around you to just be wearing the coat. You have to wear the coat. 
you have to put on the garment of praise. Praise can be in the room. Other people can be engaged in praise. But unless you slide the garment over your own head, its effects will not be on you. The older you get in life, the more choice you have over what you wear, don't you? Maylee is our youngest daughter. She's seven years old. And she loves clothes. And I mean, like, she loves clothes. Okay? And uh, it used to be when she was a baby, I, I, when I say I, I mean Amber, would dress her, right? <laughs> we would pick out the clothes that she was going to wear. Now, our, our other kids, Eden, she likes clothes too. She likes to look good. Malachi could care less what he wears, right? He, he would still be in his pajamas at church this morning if it wasn't for forcing him to, and he, and he doesn't sleep with pajamas on, if you know what I'm saying. So it could get interesting. <laughs> he'll, when he's older, he'll love that I said that. <laughs> but Maylee, so, so my point, I forgot what my point was there. My point was that they love clothes, but they were both a little older when they started picking out their own clothes. Maylee, who's seven years old, started picking out her clothes when she was like two, okay? Because she loves clothes. So she's seven years old now. And listen, if, if she picks out uh, uh, some clothes and we tell her that's probably not, because it's probably not the best thing to wear, right? Because she'll pick out like the fanciest dress, like a Christmas dress to wear to a football game, right? So, so we're like, Maylee, it's probably not a good idea you wear that. And, and just to suggest her wearing something else is like an atomic bomb going off, right? She is not happy. And I say atomic bomb because there's effects after the explosion. <laughs> so there's the initial explosion, but the effects last throughout the day, right? Because she loves to pick out her clothes, right? But here's the deal. I still provide her with the clothes. I still buy her the clothes and provide them to her, right? But it's her choice most of the time. It's her choice what she's going to wear. It's her choice whether or not she's going to put on the Easter dress we buy her for that Easter. It's her choice whether or not she's actually going to wear the clothes that we purchase for her. And it's the same with the garment of praise. Our Father has given us this incredible garment. This garment that carries with it an identity that tells the world of how good and faithful the Father has been to us. This garment that, that when perceived rightly has this effect where it pulls off this heaviness that is on us. A garment that when we put on transforms the culture and the atmosphere of the room. And he's handed us this garment, but... It's our choice whether or not we're going to wear it. It's our choice whether or not we are going to put on the garment of praise. The two things that affected the experiment, how they perceived the garment and whether or not they wore the garment. It's called a garment of praise for a reason, church because it's meant to be worn. It's meant to be put on.
and you put it on, not accidentally, yeah? You don't trip over something and land in the garment of praise. It's an intentional decision. It's something you decide to put on. So my challenge this morning, church, my question I should say is this, will you wear the garment of praise? It's available to you, but we have to decide whether or not we're gonna wear it. Let's go ahead and stand this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we are so, so humbled by your faithfulness to us. In every season of our life, Lord, you never leave us or forsake us. Whether we're on the mountaintop or whether we're in the valley, Father, you are faithful in every single season. And because of your faithfulness, we declare you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our praise, Jesus. Father, we're not going to just fall into praise, but we are going to intentionally choose to give you our very best. And I don't mean just on a Sunday morning. But Father, every day of our life, God, I just declare that praise would ever be on our lips. Father, no matter where we're at, whether we're in the prison or whether we're in the palace, Father, we declare that praise will be on our lips because praise is not determined by how we feel or where we're at. Praise is determined by your goodness. So, Lord, we thank you for the garment that is handed to us, and we say yes to wearing the garment of praise. We say yes to wearing the garment of praise. And, Father, I just declare that the homes of the people represented here, that the workplaces of the people represented here, that, the, that this building here, this church building here, Father, I declare that as we wear the garment of praise, that the oil of joy is going to be poured out upon these people, Jesus. Father, that joy would mark our lives in the name of Jesus. Father, that, 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 um, that we would see uh, the oil of joy poured out for the spirit of mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Father, that this would be a room that is full of laughter and joy and even, even I'll dare to say this, fun. God, that serving you is fun and full of wonder and awe. And God, that in this room, and not just this room, but in our homes and in our workplaces, God, as we put on the garment of praise, that we will experience the wonder and majesty and awe of our Father. And Father, that serving you, that walking with you would not, not be a burden, but that it would be light and it would be fun and it would be creative and it would be full of wonder and being awestruck in the presence of the Lord. 
Father, I pray that if there's those in the room even this morning that are dealing with heaviness, Father, I pray that even now they would be handed that garment of praise. Because the garment of praise fixes the spirit of heaviness. Father, we honor you today. And your praise will forever be on our lips, Jesus. In Jesus' holy name we pray. And we declare together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more messages like this or information about our church, please visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org.